morning, church. Our God is good and all the time. Indeed, He is worthy of our praise, isn't it? Good morning again for those that are here for the very first time. Uh, please, at the end of the service, don't rush. Uh, for sure, we will have someone coming and talking to you. And uh, the welcome team can also help and give you some cards for you to fill up in order for us to have uh, your contact and for us to get in touch with you. So today we are starting a new series. As you can see on your screen, this series, we title it The Seven Last Words of Jesus on the Cross. Uh, Easter is at hand, and as elders, we were thinking that this series is appropriate for this season. In preparing our hearts to behold the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. And none can just behold him without being transformed. These seven last words of our Lord Jesus Christ are seven statements, seven sentences that Jesus said while on the cross in the day of crucifixion. When we examine the four Gospels, we see that Jesus is quoted seven times, seven phrases, and each of great meaning and importance and significance for us today. And today we will see this first word, which is found in the book of Luke, chapter 23, from verse, uh, in verse 34. But for the sake of context, we will read the passage from verse 26 to verse 38. Will you stand this morning as we honor God's word? And as we read God's word for us this morning. That says the word of God. Luke 23, starting from verse 26. <clears throat> and as they led him away, they seized one, Simon of Siren, who was coming in from the country. And laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there were followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children's children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Follow us and to the hills, cover us. 
For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others were criminals, were two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garment, and the people stood by watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldier also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. You may be seated. Father, we praise you again this morning. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. We stand here, Lord not trusting or not saying that there is any sufficiency on us, on our flesh, but we stand here in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us access to you for us to come without any sense of condemnation, without any shame, without any guilt, because the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ has satisfied you. Therefore, Lord, we pray for your intervention in our midst, for you to save the lost in and through your word, because your word is the truth. Father, I pray that you will give me clarity of thoughts and clarity in my communication for this word to be understood and received, not as a word of man, but as a word of God, which is able to save our souls and to give us the inheritance among the saints. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. For those that are like followers of the news, and it was all there last year. My wife, Vitorina, had uh, some uh, emotional connection with Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> she grew watching so many movies about England castles that when the news of Queen Elizabeth came that she passed, it was a sad situation for many. But when the news came, when we came aware of what was going on, at least she was still alive, according to 
the news. And everyone, the family, came to her bed place for the last goodbye. And I'm sure if she was able to speak at that moment, there were words that she will speak from the bottom of her heart to his family or her family that were there. And in the bed facing death, we are sure that her heart was full of love, full of care, and full of wisdom to give to her family. Jesus is here at the cross in our passage this morning. This is the day that he was crucified. The Bible says that he hung on the cross for six hours before he gave his spirit to the Father. And as we say in the introduction, seven sentences, he was able still to prefer while at the cross. And the first word or the first sentence, the first word that Jesus has said at the cross, we found it in verse 34. Look to me, look with me in your Bible. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We don't have much time to go into details of what is happening here because we want to focus in this word of forgiveness. That's the first word that our Jesus Christ said at the cross, a word of forgiveness. So in this word of forgiveness, we see, and this leads to my first point, that Jesus addresses God as the Father. He addresses God three times while at the cross and only at the beginning and the end, as we will see in the last word of Jesus at the cross or on the cross, is when he addressed God as the Father. Right in the middle, the fourth word, he will address God as God. But in here we see that in the beginning and at the end of his suffering, he is calling God Father. Father. The Bible uses a lot of familiar words to describe our relationship with God. The cross has to do with family affairs. The family of God. 
this may seem to you, to us, to be of no significance, but let us look into it carefully. The Bible says in the book of John that Jesus came also to reveal us the Father and the love of Father. In the Old Testament, rarely God is known or called as Father. But Jesus Christ came in order for us to know God as a Father. He says in John 14, 6, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father if not by or through, through me. And if you read carefully the context, one of the disciples asked, show us the Father. And Jesus answered, if you see me, you see the, the Father. So God has Always existed as a father. Always. From the eternity past to eternity future, he is the father. Because of he only begotten son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who also exists from eternity past to eternity future. This is the tremendous mystery of our God, who is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have always existed from eternity past and eternity future. God has always existed as a Father because of the only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. But the fact is that from the Scriptures, we understand that God wanted to make His begotten Son also His firstborn Son. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, and we will go some verses here, I just want for you to see this by yourself. Romans 8, chapter 29. Verse 29. Thank you, honey. Verse 29. For those whom he, God, foreknew, he talking about God again, also predestined to be conformed to the image of who? His son, in order that he might be what? The firstborn among many brothers. And you can also see this Colossians 1.15, where the Bible attested that Jesus Christ is the firstborn of all creation. And also in verse 18 of Colossians 1, where the Bible attests that Jesus Christ is the firstborn from the dead. And also Hebrews 1, 1 
read up to verse 6 and Hebrews 12, 22 and 23 for you just to confirm this. But we are seeing here that from the eternity past, God has ordained that he, he, His only begotten Son will become also the firstborn Son. So the question is, how could the only begotten Son become the firstborn? The answer is simple. By the Father having more children. Brothers and sisters, God wanted us. That's why in Ephesians we see that he had chosen us when? Before the foundation of the world. Where? In our Lord Jesus Christ. God wanted us, and he could not be satisfied without us. That's why the word of forgiveness is important for us to understand. In Psalm 8, David had a glimpse of this reality of God wanting to share his glory with us as his children. He says, around verse 4 and 8, when he is praising God for the creation, he is saying, who is man or what is man that you are so mindful of him and that you care for, for him? For Jesus to become the firstborn son, God had to have more children. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 and 23. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 23. But you have come to Mount Zion and to city of the living God, the, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable angels in the festival gathering, to the assembly, and if you have the ESV, you will see that there is a footnote there, that this word assembly means what? Church as well. Church of what? Of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous made perfect. Go now to uh, chapter 1. Let's read chapter 1 quickly. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. 
I'll start from verse 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom all he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And, up, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now, verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, verse 8, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. We see there in verse 6 again that God has Jesus Christ, wants him to be the firstborn. So God wants to bring many children into glory. Okay? I'm going through many verses just to make, to make a case. Just flip the next page of Hebrews chapter 2. Let's see verse 10 there. Okay? Verse 10. And then we will jump to verse 17. For it was fitting that he from who and by whom all things existed, in bringing what? Many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jump to verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his who? Brothers. In, in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and a faithful high priest in the service of God to make a propitiation for the sins of all people. Brothers and sisters, from eternity past to eternity future, God has designed Jesus Christ not only to be the only begotten son, but also the firstborn. But for him to be the firstborn, God needed to have more children. Reason why, in the first page of the Bible, you see him making humanity. Let us make men in our own image, in our own likeness. But we know that something went wrong. The man that he created to share and to partake from his holiness and share also of his glory, decided to take the decision in his own 
for deciding what is good and what is evil. That's why Romans says that all of us have what? Sinned. Meaning that we have rebelled against our Father. And Romans also say and that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning that what God has in store for us is for us as His children to partake of His glory. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, you and me, we are also born in this world into this rebellion. That's why the only begotten son had to come in order to make propitiation or atonement for our rebellion, in order for our reconciliation to be effective with our heavenly father. Brothers and sisters, this is the mystery of the cross. As we see, as we read, God in his love and in his kindness, he has sent us, our Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, in order for us to be reconciled back with him. But this is only possible for those that believe in our Lord Jesus Christ and for those that believe in the atoning sacrifice and his work that is complete or he has completed at the cross of Calvary. Have you done that? Have you done that? I just want to open a, par a parenthesis here. And again, focus my attention to the children here and also to our youth. I said that Adam and Eve, they rebelled against their creator, who was also their father. The Bible teaches us in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, that in the last days, children, they will be rebellious. They will be disobedient to their parents. Children in the room, youth. God has given you your father, your mother, to train you to know him as your heavenly father. And in his word, he is teaching and commanding you to obey mommy and to obey daddy. As long as you are under their roof. This is the instruction of the Lord to you. Do that not to honor only mommy and daddy, but to honor 
the creator that has chosen your father and your mother in order for you to come to this world. Respect and honor mommy and daddy. Let me close that parents. So we see then that God is our father. But our father is also a righteous king according to what we have seen revealed in the Bible. As a righteous king, he cannot tolerate sin. He cannot tolerate or embrace rebellion. Therefore, he must, according to the Bible, punish those that committed sin in the case the humanity that rebelled against him. But he knew if he would come in all his wrath and punish humanity, no one could stand and no one could uh, hold his wrath. We will be completely destroyed. But in his love, what he did, he sent his only begotten son, who is God in nature with him, in order for him to bear our sins. And many picture was given from the beginning in Genesis, even when Adam and Eve rebelled. You remember what God did next? He took what? He took a lamb and then did what? Killed, took uh, and covered them uh, with the skin of the animal. But for him to kill the animal, the animal did what? Shed his blood. That's why the Bible says that without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. God, in his righteousness and in his holiness, demands that a sinful man must pay for the sinners or for the sin of all humanity. And this is what God has accomplished in, at the cross of Calvary. In and through the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who came in human uh, likeness in order for him to take our place and be our substitute at the cross of Calvary. Meaning, the pun pun punishment that was for us, God has put that in our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, the blood of the Lamb is the blood of atonement. Is the blood that our Lord, our God, when He sees, He 
passes over our, our sins. But when we say passes over, it doesn't mean that God will overlook our sins. He doesn't do that. God will always punish sin because of his holiness and because of his righteousness. But because the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was a blood that satisfied his wrath, God is now satisfied in giving us forgiveness in and through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. A good picture of that is in Exodus, when Israel was celebrating the first Passover. Let's just go there quickly. Hebrews 12, you know the story. It's the last plague. God has commanded the Israelites, Exodus 12. God has commanded the Israelites to do what? To take a lamb, to kill the lamb, and to do what? To put the blood on the doorposts. And see now what God affirms that he will do when he sees the lamb or the blood of the lamb. Verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. Next sentence. And when I do what? See the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall, befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, Peter says that we, ha we were ransomed not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are who we are for our God because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why at the cross, Jesus was able to say, Father, forgive them. But why the Father will forgive them? Because he is the lamb that take away of sin of the, the world. Now, if you are not in Christ, you will then pay the penalty of your sin yourselves. That's why this word is very important for us today. Have you put and trust, put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, this is the day that the Lord has made. And today, we live as forgiven. God has forgiven us. The neckedness that we had, the guilt that came because of sin, the shame. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ has satisfied our God. And has removed 
all the shame that once we had. All the guilt has been removed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was crucified without his clothes, naked. Because he had to remove our guilt and our shame. And today, we can stand before the throne of God without this sense of guilt and condemnation and enter the most holy place in and through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ alone. It is in nothing that we have done or will do. Our standing before God, it's only possible because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that we can sin uh, whatever we like. This is not the teaching of the Bible. And if you know the teaching that we have been providing from this pulpit, it's exactly that. Even Romans 6 clearly says that God forbid if that is our thought. But the truth is, it doesn't matter. Because are you still a sinner? Yes, you are. You can say, yes, I am. But it is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that you are accepted in the face of our God. So the invitation this morning is for us to behold Christ. To behold him over there at the cross. You will see the intercession in my second point where he says, Now, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Our redemption back to this relationship with God as a father and as our creator, it's only possible because Jesus Christ has prayed, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Just one simple application this morning for us. If you understand the forgiveness that you have been granted with, you must, as a children of God, learn to forgive as well. If there is anyone in your life that you are still battling to forgive, remember God's or Christ's final work at the cross of Calvary for you. And as you see, as you behold, as you understand the grace that was extended to you, my brother, my sister, do the same to those that has offended you. Today, Jesus is still praying the same prayer. In the same way that the high priest would enter once per year, offering the blood in the holy of holy places, Jesus, 
according to the book of Hebrews, is our high priest who does what? Ever lives to make intercession for, for us. And he does that presenting his blood before the Father. Come and accept the invitation and receive the forgiveness of Christ for your sin. Take away this guilt not by yourself. Take away this shame not by yourself. Take away the accusation of the enemy not by yourself. By, but by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed at the cross of Calvary. We are forgiven, brothers and sisters, because of Jesus' atoning sacrifice at the cross of Calvary. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for the reality and the truth of the cross of Calvary. Father, we are so overwhelmed by the reality that you, a holy God, would ever forgive us. But you have done that in order to reconcile us back to you in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let everything that you have in store for us and in this morning will be not robbed from our hearts, but we will embrace and as we behold our Lord Jesus Christ, will you transform us from one degree of glory to another so that your name will be glorified. Thank you because you that have begun this beautiful work in us, you are faithful to accomplish it until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have boldness to come before you, not in our own righteousness, but because of the blood and the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give us the understanding of this truth so that we can live, in fact, in light of it all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.